The NFL playoffs are set, as is the national championship in college football. And we talk about the Cleveland Browns' perfect season. In this week's history lesson, we're going to talk about the story behind the birth of Instant Replay. That and much, much more on our first show of 2018. This is This Week in the World of Football. Hello? You play to win the game. Personal foul. Pick this up. On number 99 of the defense, after he tackled the quarterback, he's giving them business down there at the 15-yard penalty. Hey, look out there. You want to get hyped? We're going to throw a forward pass. Signal. 18-72 You're listening to This Week in the World of Football, presented by theworldoffootball.com. Promoting the game of football in all its many forms, past, present, and future. And now, on with the show. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of This Week in the World of Football, the show that covers all aspects of the football world, from the NFL to the CFL, college, indoor, and arena football. Our intent is to expose our listeners to all the various forms of football being played throughout the year, while at the same time keeping an eye on the rich history of the game. This is episode number 21 for January 2nd, 2018. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, indeed. Man, we started it off with a bang this year. Some great football games yesterday we're going to talk about. Yep, oh man. Big day of football. Big day between Black Friday in the NFL and the the college bowl games they had going on. Oh, I was in heaven yesterday. What a way to start the year. Oh man, yeah, like especially for Lions fans. Yep. Uh, going into the new year with a whole new uh, approach. Yep. We come to you each week from the World of Football Man Cave, located in the heart of the football world, Kalamazoo, Michigan. Oh, the heart of the football world. That's a change. You changing the script up for 2018? Year, a new heart. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your host, Randy Randy Snow, and across the table from me is Adam. Yes, even though he looks like I shouldn't be here today. <laughs> All right, let's talk about what happened. Uh, let's start in college football. We have got a ton of scores to oh go Oh, my through. goodness. We have, between the last time we did this show and today there are so many bowl games we're going to talk about I, it took me a while just to get them all uh, like into 15 my notes. games 15 17 oh games. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's more you can count them as i go along all right let's get it kicked off so uh since we last saw each other our last uh tuesday mm-hmm. uh during the show uh we had three games uh last tuesday on the 26th of december uh starting off with the heart of dallas bowl where utah beat west virginia 30 to 14 in Detroit, there was the Quick Lane Bowl between Duke and Northern Illinois, a game we saw a tiny bit of uh, of the yep, that night. Yep. Uh, but Duke, after the game was tied 14-all, uh, came out and uh, just destroyed Northern Illinois 36-14 to to take that. Uh, and the Cactus Bowl, uh, Kansas State beat UCLA 35-17. to Not bad for the day after Christmas. No, uh, the decent slate of games nothing you know too exciting i mean the probably the best game was probably that duke game they pulled away there uh yeah, we've but, been to we've been to detroit on the day after christmas yep. for bowl game not for the quick lane bowl no it was think. the uh, motor city bowl and then it was a little caesar's pizza bowl and now yep. it's called the quick lane bowl but it's always been on the 26th of uh, december mm-hmm. uh, great location for uh, college football yep um, so yep, ford field's a great uh great stadium i'm not just saying that because we're detroit homers but uh 
it is one of the best stadiums in the NFL, in my opinion. It's not super high-tech, even though they did some great renovations this past it's year. It's got but, a lot of character. But it's uh, fantastic for watching football. All right, we're going to move on into the Wednesday slate of games uh, where we had four games on the 27th. Uh, the Independence Bowl saw Florida State clobber Southern Miss 42-13. to In the Pinstripe Bowl, we had Iowa defeating Boston College 27-20. to in the Foster Farms Bowl, we had Purdue narrowly edging out Arizona 38-35. to And in the Texas Bowl, Texas took it 33-16 to over Missouri. And those are the four games from uh, Wednesday night. So that's seven bowl games we've talked about so far. All right. uh, then in Thursday action on the 28th, we had the Holiday Bowl, which I watched, which was a great game to start off. And then Michigan State just pulled away with it. Uh, Number 16, Michigan State, defeated number 18, Washington State, 42-17. to And Michigan State, I finally got to see them play with those white helmets, and I mm. really do like those white helmets quite a bit. That's not a bad alternate helmet. I, but I, like I prefer the green, but yeah, the, the, the alternate white is, mm-hmm. is okay. In the Military Bowl, Navy just put a shellacking on Virginia, winning 49-7. to In the Camping World Bowl, number 19, Oklahoma State, defeated number 22, Virginia Tech, 30 to 21. And finally in the Thursday games in the Alamo Bowl, number 15 TCU edged out Stanford, who's number 13 in the country, 39 to 37. Uh, that's 11 bowl games so far, I'm counting. Yep, 11 bowl games. So <laughs> now we go into the Friday slate of games on December 29th. Uh, a game which I watched, which was a very entertaining game, the Belk Bowl, Wake Forest defeating Texas A&M 55 to 52. You know, I had to look that up what Belk is, because they, they had commercials for Belk.com. Yeah. It, it's an online shopping website. Yep. You can buy just about anything. But, I mean, for years I've heard of the Belk Bowl, and I thought it had something to do with car parts or something. Oh, okay. But it's an online shopping thing. Oh, you didn't know they have to, you have to go get your Belk checked out every 3,000 miles? Uh, no, I did not. Bad joke. I'm sorry. All right, we're going to keep going. Uh, the Sun Bowl saw number 24 NC State defeat Arizona State 52 to 31 and the music city bowl aka the wildcat bowl saw uh kentucky lose to northwestern 24 to 23 in the arizona bowl uh new mexico state beat utah state 26 to 20 in overtime the first overtime bowl game i believe we had uh this whole bowl season and then in the cotton bowl classic a game which we now keep our eye on after western went last year the number five Ohio State Buckeyes defeated the number eight USC Trojans 24-7 to to round out the games from Friday night's bowl action. So how many games are we up to? Uh, 16. 16. So we already beat your 15 you thought we had. Yep. So we got a lot more coming. In yep. Saturday action, we had the Tax Slayer Bowl, which saw number 23 Mississippi State defeating Louisville 31-27. to In the Liberty Bowl, Iowa State beat number 20 Memphis 21 21- to 20 in the fiesta bowl number nine penn state defeated number 11 washington 35 to 28 and finally in saturday bowl game action in the orange bowl number six wisconsin came back to defeat number 10 miami 34 to 24 miami wearing those ridiculously ugly black uniforms yep that was on my list of ugly uniforms didn't didn't care for that look but no not at all but uh by that point in the bowl season 
the Big Ten had been unbeaten yes. in all of their matchups. Yes. But speaking of going unbeaten, Michigan decided to ruin that for the Big <laughs> Ten uh, in the Outback Bowl on Monday, losing to South Carolina 26-19. to And I don't know if you caught any of this game. A little I, bit. I was watching it. Michigan was up 19-3. to And the, uh, South Carolina just came back took up a bunch of turnover opportunities. They tied the bowl record of five defensive turnovers. Um, so Michigan just let that one slip right through yeah. their fingers. They had it, and they yep. oh, they lost it bad, and it was yep. a tough one to watch. But if you go to your participating Outback restaurants today, you will receive free Bloomin' Onions <laughs> because of the South Carolina win. I saw a picture of a guy, like a mascot, dressed up as a Bloomin' Onion. Oh, yeah, they... <laughs> They in the commercials they had that same outfit, uh, and then on the sideline I think an ESPN guy dressed up in the oh, outfit okay. during the third quarter. Is yeah. they're they're talking about that during the broadcast. <laughs> All right, we're All right, gonna... that, that was twenty one bowl game. So what, what was right. bowl game number twenty two? All right, number twenty two was the Peach Bowl, which saw unbeaten number twelve UCF Central Florida defeating number seven Auburn thirty four to twenty seven in a thrilling game, which came down to the end where they picked off Auburn in the end zone to stop Auburn from tying the game up and sending it to overtime. So, so far, two great games uh, on yesterday's slate, and we're not even close to being done with those yet. Yeah, that UCF, what a story. Uh, two years ago, 2015, they were 0-12, and now they're 13-0 and and winners of the Peach Bowl. What a phenomenal turnaround. Yeah, and, and, and then and, to lose their coach to Nebraska. And losing their coach to Nebraska, but to play number 7 Auburn that yes. tough, Makes one beg to question, could they have hung with the Alabamas, the the Georgias, the Clemsons, and the Oklahomas? They they might have this year. Who knows? It, it's, it's very disheartening to, to see that. Like, last year, Western was undefeated. And, they, sure. and it would have been fun if they would have beaten Wisconsin sure. in the Cotton Bowl. What, what we could have talked about, like, hey, they probably could have hung with some of those other top-tier teams. Maybe not the Alabamas of, yeah. of the world. But, but this year, Central Florida. Yeah. They they look like they might have done it. They they look like they or at least made it a game. They wouldn't have gotten blown out, but they might have made it look like a game. Well, the way the college football system is set up, if you're not a Power Five conference school, they don't want to know that you're out there. They they don't care about anybody else but those Power Five conferences. So yeah, and even in the Power Five conferences, you've only got uh, two or three teams in each of those Power Power Five conferences that the media and the NCAA really cares about. You know. You got your your Michigans, your Notre Dames, Alabama, Clemson. You know, you get a, a team like UCF or, or even some of the lower teams in those divisions. They don't want to hear from you. You know, no nobody wanted to see. At least they didn't like a, a Wisconsin playing Alabama for the national championship because that's that's not a sexy uh, matchup. You know, even though it might have been the right thing to do. Right. It, they're they're just geared towards certain teams that have a national following, and that. That's your Alabamas and Notre Dames and Michigans. And, and, that, and that's so, unfortunate. I'd like, to, I'd like to see some sort of change going forward, but unfortunately this is the system we have right now. I yep. think it's better than the system we had, yeah. but we'll get there, I think, it eventually. It is what it is. It is what it is. All right, moving so on. So that was the Peach Bowl. Yep. And then we move on to the Citrus Bowl, which was a tight game between number 14 Notre Dame and LSU, and Notre Dame was able to pull it out there at the end, defeating LSU 21-17. to all right, well, that's, that, that's 23 bowl games that's right there 23 bowl before game. we get into the two semifinal yep. games. And now, now we got the two semifinal games to get into the college football playoff. And what a game that started off those semifinals in the Rose Bowl between number three Georgia and number two Oklahoma. You had the Heisman Trophy winner on one side of the yep. field 
and a great Georgia team on the other, and uh, a thrilling double overtime game, yeah, which I watched those overtime. I could not believe. I I was unfortunately kind of tied up during the game, so I, I had no idea what was going on. Then I got the alert on my phone. It was forty five, forty five going into the overtime, and it was just I couldn't believe it. But at the end of the night, number three Georgia had the right play at the right time. They took the lead and won fifty four to forty eight in the highest scoring Rose Bowl game of all time. Yeah, they they blocked a kick too. Yes, uh, by by Oklahoma. Oh yeah, that, that, that made set a up big that difference. game winning yep. touchdown in the second overtime. Yep. Wow, just a phenomenal, a phenomenal game. game. Yep. And so congratulations to number three Georgia on advancing. Uh, I do think you were one of the better teams all season long, and uh, despite being number three, you're going to the national championship. Yep. And on the other end of the spectrum, a very boring, very <laughs> defensive game for most of it during the Sugar Bowl. But number four, Alabama. They found a way to come in and get revenge on Clemson from last year's national championship defeat and uh, beat the Clemson uh, number one in the country 24-6. to six. Wow. And it was a lot closer than it, that ending score looked like because it was 10-6 to six at one point. Uh, Alabama came out in the second half. They were up 10-3. to three, And then... Uh, Georgia, or not Georgia, Clemson uh, was able to get a, a fumble on a botched handoff. They kicked the field goal, made it 10-6, to and then a couple of unfortunate tipped uh, interceptions uh, for Alabama, uh, taking it away from Clemson, uh, really turned that game around. Uh, very ugly. I thought maybe Clemson can pull it out there towards the end, like maybe it'll be a good comeback. But it was just a boring, just Alabama controlled the game, and uh, unfortunately... For fans who wanted a shakeup in the national championship, you get to see Alabama again. Yeah. And uh, that head coach, uh, Nick Saban, is chasing Bear Bryant for the most uh, national championships in a career. And if he gets this one, he'll tie Bear Bryant. Wow. So the national championship game has been set. Yes, uh, it has. On January 8th in Atlanta, it's going to be Georgia and Alabama. Two SEC schools. Only the second time in the, the national championship era where two teams from the same conference have uh, played each other, uh, the last time being when Alabama played LSU in that famous rematch game. Yeah. Uh, back, I forget what year that was, uh, in the mid-2000s, I want to say. Okay, well, that's it for all the bowl games. Wow, 20, was it 25 games in a so, week? So many games that last, and yeah, in seven days. Yeah. Uh, so wow. nothing today. So technically, six days, there were 25 games. Right, right. So, uh just unbelievable. Uh, I was so happy to finally be able to sit down and actually watch some games, and the mm -hmm. games I watched actually ended up being some pretty entertaining games yep. for the most part. Yep. So, man, this college great, football was just so exciting this year. Great time of the year with the NFL winding down and the college bowl games. Uh, good time to be a, a football fan. Oh, heck yeah. So I wanted to turn our attention to uh, some of the top rushers in college football. Uh, we already knew that uh, Rashad Penny from San Diego State uh, finished the season with 2,248 yards. But uh, this past week, Bryce Love of Stanford finished uh, his season with 2,118 yards. So once again, we had two uh, gentlemen uh, going over 2,000 yards for the season. Very impressive. And third one, uh, there was Jonathan Taylor, the running back for Wisconsin, a freshman uh, who you may be hearing Heisman talk of in the next few years. He ended the season with 1,977 yards, so just missing 2,000 yards in his freshman season. Uh, phenomenal effort by him. And that's really all I've got for college football. Yep, uh, the we just got the one game next week that we'll talk about. Uh, looking yep. very forward to that game. I hope it's a good one. I hope Georgia can uh, 
make it a game at least, and uh, we'll see if uh, Alabama's hosting the trophy next week again. But we'll also have the FCS uh, title game uh, next okay. week also. That's on Saturday, and then I think uh, what is it, Monday night is the uh, the uh, championship game between yes, it uh, is. Georgia and Alabama. All right, so let's move on to the NFL, and let's run down the final week, week 17. And, oh, yeah, uh, week 17 in the NFL, bittersweet, uh, very long season. You always think that the season goes by so quick because it's only 20 weeks, essentially. Right. But this season just felt very long, but it, it has now reached its completion. And uh, the NFL had no Thursday, Friday, Saturday games this year. Uh, on the last week, they did all Sunday games, uh, 1 o'clock slate and the 4 o'clock slate. Uh, but we're just going to run through everything. Um, it's starting off with the Houston Texans falling to the Indianapolis Colts, 22-12. to uh, The Colts, despite winning the game, uh, fired their head coach, Chuck Pagano, following the game. Uh, I, I'm not sure how many years he'd been the coach. I, I want to say at least four or five years. Yeah, he's been there for a while. Been there for a little bit, but they needed a change. And we're going to move on to the Chicago Bears falling to the Minnesota Vikings, 23-10. to Minnesota clinching the second seed in the NFC. And Chicago ended up firing head coach John Fox. Mm-hmm. So, so far, two teams with uh, head coaches yep. uh, looking for jobs. And not the last ones we're going to talk about <laughs> as we go through the games. Uh, the New England Patriots locking up their number one seed. I don't know if they had it all locked up last week, but uh, they locked it up. Number one seed, home field advantage, goes through New England in the AFC, uh, 26-6 to over the New York Jets. Uh, the New York Giants with Eli Manning getting uh, their final win of the year, uh, beating the Washington Redskins 18-10. to Is this the last time we'll see Eli in a New York Giants uniform? Time will tell. It'll yeah. be a crazy offseason, I believe, this year when it yeah, comes to quarterbacks. I'm sure that'll be a big story if, if he decides uh, – either to retire or to, to seek uh, another team. I think he's still going to play. Uh, everybody keeps thinking Jacksonville might be the way, uh, the way he goes, but mm. we'll see. Maybe the Giants will keep him, draft a rookie quarterback, and uh, keep him as a starter while they groom a, a new quarterback. Yeah. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys uh, beat the Philadelphia Eagles 6 to nothing. The Eagles setting a lot of their starters. Right. Uh, you know, they already clinched home field and number one seed in the a- NFC playoffs, so uh, not a big surprise there. Uh, the Cleveland Browns fell to the Pittsburgh Steelers 28-24. to The Steelers locking up the second seed uh, in the AFC playoffs. And for the Browns, the unperfect season, the 0-16, only the second team in the Super Bowl era to go 0-16, yes. besides the 2008 Detroit Lions. Detroit is not alone at the the bottom of that list anymore we are not the only losers <laughs> that puts cleveland at one and 31 over two seasons only one win in two years wow well uh head coach uh hugh jackson at least followed up on his promise from last year where he said they would not go one in 15 this mm. season <laughs> and by gosh he wasn't a liar because they did not go one in 15 a man of his word he is a man of his word and i i guess they're gonna have a parade uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure if this is really true. The, the <laughs> website I'm on is like kind of one of those funny sites. So right. I, I, I think it comes from true sources where they did actually put in a parade route, uh, application. And if it is true, the story is that they are going to do a parade route around the Brown stadium in a giant zero. <laughs> so it'll be a zero formation for the zero wins they had this season. Uh, so we'll see if people turn up. And when is that? They're doing that, I believe, That's the 6th. That's January 6th. That'll be this Saturday. And it's oh. called the Perfect Season Parade. Oh, man. 
Uh, you remember when when the Lions had the perfect preseason a few years ago? They did. Cleveland did the exact same thing. They were four and zero in the preseason. Really? This year. Okay, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe I, I somebody posted that like the the seasons mirrored Detroit because they both won four well, well, preseason won games preseason and then games they lost and all the sixteen. Wow. Yeah. Because yeah, Detroit, that we had the uh, preseason champion T-shirts yep. that year. Yeah, then, they were they were selling them outside the stadium. Um, and then the Lions followed that with an 0-16 oh regular gosh. season. Oh, that's, that's too funny. Yep. So uh, history repeated itself only nine years later after the Lions done it. Yeah. Well, that's going to give the Browns the number one pick in the draft. Well, they've uh, had that locked up for well, a few weeks yeah, now. you kind of assume that. But uh, ironically, they also have the number four pick in the draft because of a trade with Houston somewhere yep. along the line. So. Uh, two of the top five picks going to Cleveland. I believe they even have four of the top 35 picks really uh, locked up because uh, I think they get a couple early second-round picks too. So, okay. Well, we yeah. can run down the draft order here. We'll, we'll do that later, yeah. And then once, obviously, we'll go through the t- full draft order when we get uh, right. to right. the end of the NFL season after the Super Bowl. Yeah. But uh, moving on, the Carolina Panthers fell to the Atlanta Falcons 22-10. to That clinched the playoff spot for Atlanta. Uh and Cincinnati played spoiler, and we'll get into a very fun story following these next two games. But Cincinnati beat Baltimore 31-27, to eliminating Baltimore from the playoffs and opening the door for Buffalo. And Buffalo, in their game against Miami, won 22-16, to helping Buffalo clinch their first playoff spot in 17 years. Wow. And I believe that last playoff game was it the Music City Miracle in 1999 that they that was their last playoff appearance. It could be. I believe that's what they were saying. It was 99 was their last season, and if I remember correctly, that's the same year that the Titans went to the Super Bowl yep. and that Music City Miracle. Uh, uh, see, that's what you get when you bench Doug Flutie oh, in that yeah. game. Uh, don't do that. It, who knows what could have happened? Right. But congratulations, Buffalo. They yep. ended the longest professional sports playoff drought. Hmm. So now there are new teams. I saw ESPN post a list. Uh, a couple baseball teams, I think, are at the top of the list for right. longest playoff drought. Hmm. But congratulations, Buffalo. Uh, and I don't know if you saw that Buffalo sent a letter in a tweet out to the uh, Cincinnati Bengals thanking yes, them for, for the win. And uh, they promised to send them wings. <laughs> and they weren't joking. They apparently mean it. So we'll see if we get uh, any more pictures on the Internet of what they end up sending the Cincinnati Bengals okay. uh, from Buffalo. All right. All right. Continuing on, the New Orleans Saints, despite losing to Tampa Bay 31-24, to locked up the NFC South. Uh, we'll go through all the playoff standings here in a minute. Uh, and then our Detroit Lions, who are unfortunately not going to be in the playoffs this year, despite being 9-7 and after defeating the Green Bay Packers 35-11, to despite having one of the greatest trick plays in NFL history where Matt Stafford caught a two-point conversion despite being up 33-11 to at that point. What a way to end the season. Great way to end the season. (laughs) Uh, Apparently not good enough to make the NFL Network or NFL.com's top ten trick plays of the season. Huh. Whatever. That should have been number one. Really? But uh, I don't think he's ever caught a pass before other than than when he 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 threw one to himself. He got knocked up in the air and caught it. I don't think they've ever done that. I've never seen him actually throw to Stafford like that, but that was a fun play to see. It was awesome. Uh, Where's that been all season? Really? Yeah. We could have used that... uh, back in week one. Right. Well, week one we won. We could have used it last week against the Bengals. Yeah, isn't uh, it funny how they look like world beaters when they're out of the playoffs? And when their coach is on the hot seat. And yeah. as we found out yesterday morning, yep. Detroit ended up firing head coach Jim Caldwell despite a winning record, three winning seasons in Detroit, out and two four. playoff appearances. Yeah. 
uh, I mean the the expectations in Detroit are much higher. They are now. very high with Martha Ford since she took over, and now with uh, our general manager Bob Quinn. Mm-hmm. I think this the expectations are very high for this organization, and with the talent we have, and with um, one of the NFL's best quarterbacks and Matt Stafford. They need to win now. Yeah. They, I mean, Stafford is only going to get older. Yeah. And I, he could probably perform the way he's performed for maybe another three, four years. But, I mean, at the, the rate we've seen Tom Brady play, I don't know if we're going to get that kind of production out of Stafford mm. ten years down the road. But the time is now. So it's very interesting to see who they will get as a head coach and what they will do with their staff. Because uh, staff, uh, an alert just came through from, uh, I believe, NFL.com. Uh, that Matt Stafford would love to see offensive coordinator Jim Bob Cooter retained. But with a new coaching staff, who knows if that'll happen or if Cooter's going to get a job elsewhere. Yeah, um, there was one uh, assistant coach for Detroit that they did let go. I think the offensive line coach. Yes. I forget his uh, name. Which I am happy about because that offensive line play this year, yeah. despite our, our offensive line being banged up, it was very bad. Yeah, and the talk is there are a couple of uh, – uh, the, the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator for the Patriots yep. are, are in talks. A couple of them. Uh, yeah, I guess even uh, Detroit's defensive coordinator, Terrell Austin, mm-hmm. has already um, lined up an interview. Okay. Um, I think there were nine potential candidates I've seen throughout the wire. I believe defensive coordinator for uh, uh, Carolina has been talked about, the two coordinators in New England, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see. Uh if Detroit's, I would personally rather see them go offensive-minded. Yes. Uh, yes especially with a Stafford, but you do need a good defensive. I, I, so I guess either the New England guys might be worth it. Uh, Josh McDaniels is the offensive coordinator. Right. He coached in uh, Denver. Denver. Didn't really. He had like an eleven and seventeen record there. But uh, I think we have enough pieces in place, and maybe after him doing the stint as a head coach and coming back to New England. We'll see, but apparently this defensive coordinator has been Belichick's right-hand man for the last six seasons, so he might be a get, uh, but I'm very wary about a first-time head coach, but we've seen how that has done well this year. I mean, look at the uh, head coach in San Francisco ever since getting Jimmy Garoppolo, how they've turned around, and how uh, Los Angeles turned around after getting uh, their head coach. Yeah. Well, if they're serious about getting a guy from New England, uh, they may not be able to interview him until after the Super Bowl right. if they go all the way and win another title. But if, but if that's the way you think you're going to be able to build this team and, yeah. and move them forward, I think I think waiting would be yeah. the best option. I, if, the, if you really think those are the best candidates, because the last time we had to get a head coach, our candidate was Ken Wisenhunt. He was right. the number one guy Detroit wanted. They flew a plane to him, right. and he turned them down to take the Tennessee job. Yep. And he's not even there anymore, I yeah, don't think. Yeah, he didn't last very long. No. Uh, surprised his name hasn't come up again. Uh, but then we hired Jim Caldwell. Uh, so he wasn't even our first choice, which I'm not saying Caldwell was a bad coach. I think he was a little lax. Uh, I, I think he got us to a point. Now we kind of peaked with that. We need the next right. guy to kind of get us – to right. the next level. No, I like Jim Caldwell. Oh I, yeah, I have I no was, beef with him. I was and, happy with the way they brought him in, and uh, you know he he said all the right things. He had the right de- he had a demeanor which I think was semi reassuring because he was calm in, in the in all the adversity like we had last year, all those comeback wins, right. and even this year some of our come come from behinds. But I think there's a point where that only gets you so far, right? And, and you need a guy who's going to be a little more aggressive and is going to want to step on people's throats from the beginning of the game and not right. take you three quarters till Stafford and the, yeah. and the team can 
oh yeah, we need to put it together now because it's time to put it together. Yeah, like, you can't you can't put it on Stafford's shoulders and and say, well, it's the fourth quarter, son. It's time for you to uh, win this game for us now. We put you in a bad situation, but we know you're gonna win. Right. For us. And the other thing I think is you can't. He had nine wins this season, which is good, but eight of Detroit's nine wins came from teams in the draft order that are in the top 20. Uh, So teams that didn't even make the playoffs. So their one win, obviously, beating the Minnesota Vikings earlier in the year. But you can't keep doing that. You have to beat the teams that are winning playoff games if you want to win playoff games. And Detroit, so even though we didn't make the playoffs, I don't think we deserve to be in the playoffs because we probably would have just been embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah, could have uh, been another one and out. Yeah, one and out. And I don't want a one and out. I want to win. And we couldn't beat the Panthers. We couldn't beat the Saints. We couldn't beat the Falcons. Yeah. Uh, we couldn't beat the Vikings twice. So we didn't deserve it. Yeah. So let's, yeah, we'll get moved on. We, enough Lions talk. But we still got some <laughs> games in the Sunday slot. Okay. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, lost to the Tennessee Titans 15-10, to helping Tennessee clinch a playoff spot. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Denver Broncos 27-24. to They started their rookie quarterback, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, so he gets his first win of his career. And I'm not sure what they're going to do come playoff time, if it'll be him playing or uh, if it'll be Alex Smith coming back. I assume it'll be Alex Smith. Uh, the Oakland Raiders lost to the Los Angeles Chargers 30-10. to And after the game, uh, Oakland head coach Jack Del Rio was notified that he would not be retained by the team. I also saw something. Uh, I didn't. I don't think I read the whole story, but there was a, an article where the Raiders put an ad in the San Diego newspapers looking for fans in oh, San yeah, Diego to come up that. and support yeah. them. That's a strange situation. Very strange they, situation. They've lost a team, and now that you want them to root for a team that's not going to be there in a couple of years, right? Wow. Yeah, very that's, strange. I, I thought that weird. same thing. So, with Oakland firing Jack Del Rio, is the door open for John Gruden to return to the NFL? A lot of stories coming out saying that the Raiders, this is their plan, and they, in a in a deal that might even include ownership uh, incentives wow. with John Gruden. So we'll see if that pans out uh, once the ESPN contract is up. You know, when all the games have been played that he has to broadcast. I I don't know. I find it strange that somebody that's been in the in the broadcasting world for so long, right. nearly a decade, would want to get out of it and go back to the grind of the NFL, where you are scrutinized and criticized, and oh my gosh, and and with a team that's going to be moving to a different city in a couple years. Well, like, maybe that's part of the allure. Maybe maybe he wants the the chance to be in Vegas and be the first coach that they have there in this brand new stadium in a brand new town. I don't know, but. Yeah, you know, it'd be like Steve Mariucci going back uh, into coaching. I mean, he's been on uh, NFL Network oh, for a long even time. longer. I th- feel like almost fifteen yeah. years now. That's why it really surprised me when Herm Edwards uh, left broadcasting and, and went back uh, into coaching with uh, Arizona State. Um, so, I I don't know. I guess there's a right time and a right place, and when you think it's right, or if the money yeah <laughs> brings you back yeah. But uh, we'll see. That'll be something we'll keep our eye on. <laughs> so. Uh, the next game, San Francisco are 5-0 and with Jimmy Garoppolo as their starting quarterback. Since him starting, they have won their last five games of the year. They beat the Los Angeles Rams 34-13. Wow. Uh, I'm, I'm going to call it right now. San Francisco <laughs> is going undefeated next year. 16-0, and Super Bowl win. Jimmy Garoppolo is their quarterback. New England is going to lose to them next year in the Super Bowl with a big old F.U. New England for trading me. But... Uh, Kudos to the 49ers. They found their quarterback, and I think he's got to re-sign this offseason, so we'll see what kind of deal he gets for only playing five games with them. You better uh, head for Las Vegas and put some money on that for next year. Oh, I'm the... thinking about it. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. And in the final game, 
the Arizona Cardinals defeated the Seattle Seahawks, eliminating eliminating the Seahawks from the playoffs. Uh, they won 26 to 24. And after the game, we found out that Arizona head coach Bruce Arians announced his retirement yeah. after five seasons of coaching with the Cardinals. Yeah, there was there was talk of him. Uh, uh, I, I thought he was supposed to be fired, but uh, he he did retire. Um, that, that was kind of strange. Uh, uh, yeah, he's, some, he's been a great coach out there. He, I mean, despite yeah, maybe a couple playoff appearances, but the they were pretty competitive for the most part. Right. Uh, he got him turned around. I think he took him on a nice playoff run there, uh, one of his first couple of years. But I, I don't know if he's got family issues. I think that's what I saw somewhere. But uh, well, I mean, you know, like I said, the, the I mean, NFL life coaching, comes first. NFL coaching is a grind, and man, you've got to. <laughs> that's all you can do. Right. Is twenty four hours a day think about the team. Yep. So, the playoffs in the NFL are set. Okay. Uh, we're going to run down the seedings, and then I'll uh, jump over into the games that we have co- this upcoming weekend. Okay. Um, so, not much change in the AFC, but your number one seed, New England still. Number two, it's Pittsburgh. Your number three seed is Jacksonville. Number four, Kansas City. And moving up from the number five seed from last week, Tennessee grabs the uh, number six up to number five. Sorry. Tennessee grabbing that spot, and Buffalo, who was not even uh, in the top six seeds last week, jumps in and takes that final spot in the number six seed in the AFC. In the NFC, no changes whatsoever. Everything just fell where exactly they've been the last few weeks. Uh, Philadelphia and Minnesota are your one and two seeds, respectively, with first-round buys. The Los Angeles Rams at three, the New Orleans Saints at four, the Carolina Panthers at five, and the Atlanta Falcons at six. So that leaves us with four games this upcoming weekend. Okay. And uh, as I pull them up, and it's taking a while because I didn't <laughs> think to write them down. <laughs> but uh, a very, very good slate of games. There's a couple games I'm very anxious to see. And a lot of these playoff teams this year have not been in the playoffs for a very long time. So we're going to start off Saturday with Tennessee at Kansas City. That is a 435 kickoff. Um, so we'll see if Kansas City can... Uh, Get back on the winning track. Get back again. on the winning track, uh, or if Tennessee can play upset uh, after squeaking into the playoffs. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons will go to Los Angeles Saturday night and play the Rams. Hmm. Uh, that is an eight fifteen kickoff. Okay. Uh, so we'll see. That should be a very good high scoring game. Uh, and then on Sunday, you have two teams that have not been in the playoffs in over a decade. Obviously, the Buffalo Bills we talked about seventeen right. years. Jacksonville has been ten years. Right. So. Uh, that game will be a one one o five kickoff on Sunday, and then the Carolina Panthers will play the New Orleans Saints uh, at four forty on Sunday. So those are your playoff matchups as of right now. Uh, Jacksonville Buffalo game that, that's a couple of Cinderella teams right there. Yeah, it, I mean Jacksonville's got that good defense. Um, I expect uh, I expect Jacksonville to come out of that one with a win. Hmm. Um, I expect Los Angeles. I expect all the home teams, the, the higher seed teams, to probably come out with a win. But I guess it wouldn't shock me if Carolina came in and beat New Orleans in New Orleans. Carolina's got that it factor. You never know what Cam Newton's going to show up. So we'll see. But, I mean, I would love to see some upsets. I always love some good upsets in playoff yeah. time. So we'll yep. see. And, uh, you know, Jacksonville, never won, uh, never been to a Super Bowl before, so I'm kind of pulling for them. Right, yeah. Yeah, they're one of the four teams. One of the four teams, so uh, kind of pulling for Jacksonville to, to see what they can do this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of pulling for Buffalo, I guess. Yeah, it'd be nice to see them, you know, getting their first playoff appearance in a while. Yeah. It would be kind of nice to see. Yeah. All right, well, that, is that it for the uh, NFL scores? That is all our games? scores. That is all the games and standings. Wow. 
So much football. <laughs> a lot going Ooh. on. You think the season's winding down, but it's uh, the second season is just now oh, getting underway. Oh, but man, just think next week we won't have that many games to talk about. True. It'll be, it'll be True. a little uh, a little more lax next week. Yep. We'll just have a handful of games to talk about. Yeah. Okay. So we got we got the bulk of the stuff out now. Right. And with a, a full NFL season behind us, a uh, full college season pretty much behind us, and just, uh, man, I am exhausted after 21 weeks of doing this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we yeah we started this before the college season even started. We started in mid-August, yep. so uh, we've we've gone through the entire college and NFL season, uh, covering it all, and and we're not done yet. No, we are not. All right. Well, yesterday was New Year's Day, and that was also known as Black Monday uh, in the NFL, yep. where a lot of coaches were fired. Now we actually had three of them fired uh, before Black Monday, and yep. three more on Black Monday. But right now there are six openings in the NFL. Uh, you've got Chuck Pagano with the Colts. He's gone. Oakland has an opening after firing Jack Del Rio. Yep. Detroit has an opening uh, after letting Jim Caldwell go. Chicago and John Fox parted ways. Uh, Bruce Arians retired in Arizona. And then you've got to go back a few weeks uh, for the Giants letting go of uh, Ben McAdoo after yep. he benched uh, Eli Manning and uh, they lost a the game. So, yep. so those are the six teams right now. Colts, uh, Raiders, Lions, Bears, Cardinals, and Giants. Currently, uh, will there be another one or two over the next few days? Who knows? There was that talk of uh, Marvin Lewis uh, oh, yes. in Cincinnati, but yeah, his status uh, is still kind of up in the kind air. of up in the air. And maybe with those last couple wins they've gotten this year, did that save him and save his job? Did that make him want to come back? Because the ba- the know. Bengals look pretty good the last two weeks of the season, but yeah. we'll see what happens there. Or if he's gonna, the other rumor was he was gonna look for a position maybe in higher management there. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but uh, okay. we'll see what happens. Okay. Uh, now, there was a story that I should have mentioned last week, and I forgot about it. Uh, Drew Brees uh, surpassed the 70,000 career passing yards mark, putting him uh, at number three on the all-time list behind Peyton Manning and Brett Favre. Uh, as of today, I guess uh, Brees has 70,445 yards. Peyton Manning is number one all-time with 71,940 yards, and Brett Favre is number two with 71,000 383 yards. So next season, I think you're going to see him. Oh, yeah. One of those first couple of games, depending on, you know, maybe two or three weeks in, we're going to have a new passing leader, barring any injury or or retirement. I'm not, I, he looks like he could still play for another. Yeah. I haven't heard anything about it. Maybe not 10 years, but another three or four years. Yeah. So I'm sure he's going to be your, uh, your new all-time leader next year. But is it going to be in a saints uniform too? I believe his contract is up. And so we don't know if, New Orleans is going to retain him, or well, it'd be hard to imagine him with with another team. Right. Uh, I mean, he started off with the San Diego Chargers before being traded right. to New Orleans. Uh, almost went to Miami if it weren't for, uh, uh, I believe it was like a failed medical uh, examination, hmm. but uh, ended up in New Orleans. And yeah, uh, he's been such a fixture there for so many oh, years. Oh yeah, he, he's the face of that New Orleans yeah. franchise. Uh, probably the biggest face they've had since. Uh, Archie Manning <laughs> could be. Uh, but I mean, he he won them a Super Bowl. And he's one of the uh, classiest acts in all of uh, football. Yeah. So, I mean, kudos to this guy. If anybody deserves, you know, being the all-time leading passer besides Peyton Manning, it's probably Drew Brees. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, one other little uh, tidbit of information there. Uh, Warren Moon, he played 17 seasons in the NFL and another six seasons in the CFL. And if you add all of the passing yards together from those two leagues, He's up there with 70,553 yards. So mm-hmm. he doesn't get the mention because, you know, six years. not all of it happened in the right, NFL. Right, yeah, yeah. He's got over 49,000 yards in the NFL and another 21,000 yards up in Canada. But 
I just think that's interesting that in his career, he's got over 70,000 passes. Right. Players. And true, true, the Canadian game is a little different. So, I mean, well, there's, there's a lot, lot more passing and a lot more passing in it, but it still doesn't make it uh, less uh, remarkable. Right. So, right. I that's mean, that's why I wanted to mention that. Yeah. So, a lot of people I don't, don't realize that. I, yeah. And I, uh, and I wish the Pro Football Hall of Fame would recognize that. And I think they used to. I don't, I don't remember if they recognize right. that big stat, but uh, that's a nice asterisk to have there. Like, sure. Uh, but I, I think that's impressive to do that in two different leagues uh, and, and obtain that many yards. I mean, yep. kudos to him, and he doesn't get talked about enough, uh, right. in my opinion. And I, I, I've i told you this before, that he is one of only two people that are in the NFL Hall of Fame and the Canadian CFL Football Hall, Hall, Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. Yep. Yes, he's in both. Him leagues. and Mark Levy, right? Uh, no, Marv Levy. No. Marv Levy. Uh, Marv Levy is, uh, is not. The other one is Bud Grant with the Minnesota Vikings. Ah, okay. He was a coach and a player with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Gotcha. So, yep. But speaking of – oh, wait. Nope, I'm getting ahead of myself. Finish your next story. <laughs> Hurry up. All right. One last story in the NFL. Uh, back around September, I think, or it, was, it seemed like in the first few weeks that we were doing – this podcast yeah. we had a story about a little house in green bay that was for sale for a million dollars and the only reason it was that high is because it was right across the street from lambeau field yep. and they were selling it as a party house and whatnot and to this day i do not think that that house ever sold but just this week another story came out where there is a second house on the other side of lambeau field um that is for sale for a million dollars now the first house uh, was on shadow lane which I think is on the north side of the stadium. Uh, this one is on Stadium Drive, which is on the south side of the stadium. Uh, but asking a million dollars. The the kicker here is that the seller wants uh, Bitcoin. He wants to, he wants Bitcoin currency for the house. He doesn't want actual money. And that just kind of strikes me as, as odd. Uh, the seller is a, uh, he's a former Facebook executive. His name is Chris Murphy. And, uh, he wants to use what's called cryptocurrency, which is Bitcoin, or uh, there's another uh, another type of, of uh, cryptocurrency called Ethereum. Huh. So I mean, there's I heard of that one. There's a there's a ton of these. I didn't know this. There's like 70 different uh, forms of online yeah, currency. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do they call it? They call it. Um, uh, is, it is it to recharge their World of Warcraft accounts, or, uh, <laughs> or, or for Pokemon Go? I don't know. But uh, yeah, some kind of blockchain technology is mm. what they're calling it. So whatever it is, that's that's what he wants for the house is uh, is Bitcoin or Ethereum. Yeah, or very strange like this that. whole yeah. Bitcoin phenomenon that's happened. Like it spiked the the spiked up a little bit, and then you know a lot of people were getting a lot for their Bitcoin uh, uh, purchases, but then it kind of gone back down. So I don't know. It's it's a little ridiculous if you ask me. I'm not into this whole online currency thing. Yep. Well, I guess he bought this house in 2011 for two hundred eighty-five thousand dollars. So ah. he's asking four times what it's really worth. And and they're they're both of these houses. They're selling them as uh, party houses. It's where you go and have a pregame uh, tailgate party at this house before you walk across the street and uh, enjoy the game. So I don't know. We'll we'll keep an eye on that too. I I don't have any uh, faith that it's actually yeah. going to sell for a million bucks, but whatever. Anyway, that was that's all I've got for the NFL uh, stories this week. And there was one story that came out of the CFL this week, and that is the fact that the CFL has cleared Johnny Manziel to actually sign a contract and play in the Canadian Football League in 2018. His rights are owned by the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and uh, so we will see if they actually do sign him to a contract. 
It'd be very fascinating. Just you know, I I'm not sure what he's done. If he's kept in football shape since leaving the NFL, yeah. uh, I don't know uh, what kind of drugs and uh, alcohol uh, have done to his body the last couple of years, or if he's well, cleaned they, up. They they took a lot of time looking at Mr. Manziel. Uh, you know, there's been talk for months about him possibly going up to Canada and playing, and they they really wanted to do their due diligence. I think they interviewed him. Uh, the commissioner of the CFL interviewed him. Um, and they took their time looking at what his uh, personal life is like right now, and uh, and in the end they said, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna let him come up here and play, but just because he goes up there doesn't mean he's gonna be a success. We've seen quarterbacks from uh, the the NFL who are pretty decent quarterbacks. They, they go up there for a while and they play. And uh, Mike McMahon is is one that comes to mind. Uh, most people may not know him, but he was a backup uh, in uh, Detroit. He started some games for the Lions. He was a pretty decent quarterback. Uh, until Joey Harrington came along, and, and then he was kind of expendable. But he went up to Canada, and he played for the Toronto Argonauts. And I remember actually watching a couple games uh, on TV of him playing in Canada, and it just he just didn't grasp the the nuances of the game up there. Uh, you know, he was throwing some some sharp passes, but he just was not connecting with his receivers. So. You know they're going to and out on a lot of uh, it's it's a, a it's a whole different animal. Yes, it is. It, it's similar as it is. There's so many differences that you have to change your style of play a little yes. bit. And maybe for a Johnny Manziel who's quick on his feet, uh, maybe that'll be one of his strengths. Playing, yes. we've seen a lot of good running quarterbacks in the CFL before. Yep. Uh, the former Grand Rapids Rampage Arena football quarterback, yep. um, whose name escapes me at the time. I'm sure you'll remember it. <laughs> yes. But he. Uh, he went from Grand Rapids up to Canada, and we yep. we actually got to talk to him and meet him when yep. he was playing with the Argonauts. So, yep. I mean, some people will find success, some will not. It's definitely not an easy game to transition to. But yeah, uh, yeah if you think you're going to go up there and just, you know, if you're, if you're a halfway decent NFL player, if you think you're going to go up there and just, you know, uh, set the world on fire, that is not the case. People like Warren Moon and Doug Flutie and uh, uh, even Aaron Garcia, he won a uh, – great cup up there with Adrian Calgary. McPherson, right? Is that his name? Uh, no, he he did play for Grand Rapids, yes, but uh, he wasn't the one that went up to Canada. No, I'm I'm drawing a blank right now too, and I'm oh. I'm uh, killing myself. Uh, hopefully, I'll remember before this podcast is over. Otherwise, Otherwise you're gonna have to start off next week. Yeah, we'll show start with another with apology. Yep, yep. But uh, no, it's if they think they're gonna go up there and think that the CFL is an easy game, it is not. Uh, it's it's a whole different animal, and you really got to take it seriously. You got to you got to study, and you've got to uh, got to have the right attitude uh, to play up there. So we'll see uh, if Mr. Manziel signs a contract with Hamilton and uh, uh, how he does up there. So maybe we should uh, plan on going to an early Hamilton game this year, and maybe actually see him play um, in case he doesn't last very long up there. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Well, that's all the uh, all the stories that we have. Did you have anything else? Uh, before is, we get into the history lesson this oh, week? Oh, that is all I got. So, yep, it's all you now. Okay. Well, this week's history lesson is the story behind the birth of instant replay. Very, very relevant to what we've been having going yes, on the last few weeks. In the absolutely. Uh, in the early days of, of football being played uh, on television or broadcast on television, watching a game on TV was just like being at the stadium. If you turned away from the TV or if you were out of the room and missed a great play, you never got a second chance to see that play again. You simply missed it because there was no way to re-show a, a live game on broadcast TV. But that all changed on December 7, 1963. Television director Tony Verna was working for NBC Sports 
which was televising the annual Army-Navy game. The game featured the Heisman Trophy-winning quarterback Roger Staubach of Navy, and the game had actually been postponed for a week due to the assassination of President Kennedy on November 23rd. Verna had come up with a way to tape a play and then reshow it again right after it happened. But, as with most new technology, the tape machine was acting up that day, so it was only used one time during the entire game. It was used to show or reshow a touchdown, uh, a r touchdown run by Army quarterback Raleigh Stitchway. The television announcer had to warn viewers that Stitchway had not scored a second time that day and that they were actually seeing a replay of something that happened already during the game. Today we take instant replay for granted. Every play is shown over and over again, and scoring plays are all reviewed to make sure that the officials on the field made the right call. But it all began with a single play during a nationally televised game back in 1963. And now you know the story of Tony Verna and the birth of instant replay. Wow. Yeah, I, I ran across that story a few years ago, and uh, it, was, it was fascinating. Uh, everybody thought that uh, the re if they did any replays at all, it was going to be of Roger Staubach because he was the Heisman Trophy winner. But it just the, the machine was kind of clunky, and I, I understand that uh, uh, these replay machines uh, were like uh, as, as big as a, a refrigerator. You know, the, the technology in 63 was really, really awkward. So. Mm. Uh, they just couldn't get it working right, and of course, you know, as years went by, it got better and better. But uh, but in that one game, they were only able to show one replay, and it wasn't even of Roger Staubach. So, hmm. so that's the story of the birth of instant replay. All right. Well, uh, before we move on, yes, um, I did look up who that quarterback was while you're speaking. Michael Bishop. Yes. I just thought of that too. <laughs> yeah, you're you're good. <laughs> but I did see that Adrian McPherson yes. uh, did play in the CFL. Yes. But he played with the Montreal Alouettes. I yes. just had it mixed up in my head. Yeah. But hey, good job. I was I was gonna make sure you knew <laughs> that way you didn't have to start off next week with an apology. Yes. Okay. Michael Bishop. Yeah. Yeah, he was a good quarterback. Uh, he was the only quarterback. Well, he was the only player in the Arena Football League to rush for 100 yards in a game. Not uh, the only player, was The he? only player, yes. To this day, he's the only player in the Arena Football League to rush for 100 yards. He was he was kind of a running quarterback. If things broke down, he would take off and run. And it was Pretty much like the first running quarterback in, well, maybe not the first, but uh, he did he did get some records, I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll even look up uh, some yeah, of his It was records. in a game in Denver, because I was covering the team at that time, and it was during an away game, so they were playing uh, the Colorado Crush, and he ran for 100 yards that day. So, anyway, while you're looking that up, I'm going to yep. run down some of the upcoming events. Uh, on January 4th, uh, the Under Armour All-American game. And this is a high school all-star game that will be nationally televised. And a lot of these uh, young players, they're going to announce what colleges they're going to during this game. So, that's one of two uh, high school games that are going to be on TV here shortly. Then you got uh, Saturday, January 6th, the FCS Championship game, which is North Dakota State against James Madison. That's going to be in Fresco, Texas. Um, also on January 6th, you have the U.S. Army All-American Bowl, which is another high school all-star game. And then on January 8th, you've got the National Championship game uh, in Atlanta for all the marbles in major college football. So you're going to have Georgia and Alabama be, uh, uh, competing that night to see who's going to be this year's national champion. And then later on in this month, uh, we have some college all-star games. We have on January 20th, the East-West Shrine Game. And on, also on January 20th, we have the National Football League Player Association's Collegiate Bowl. And finally, the Senior Bowl is going to be played on 
January 27th. So those are all college all-star games. And then on January 28th, you have the NFL Pro Bowl. It's played in Orlando this year. And I don't like it when they play the Pro Bowl uh, here in the States. I, I mean, it's always out in Hawaii. Right, and which I, is in the States, technically. It's true. I, I meant in the continental states. Uh, but, I mean, to me, that's uh, that's a destination. I mean, you make the Pro Bowl, uh, you get a free trip to Hawaii for you and your family. Oh, my gosh, what better uh, way to, to celebrate a, having a great season than to go out to Hawaii, play the game in some beautiful weather? I mean, Orlando's probably nice, but uh, would you rather be in Orlando in January or in uh, Honolulu in January? doesn't matter. They're both probably warm. <laughs> well, I'll take Hawaii because I've been there, so... Uh, love to go back to Hawaii again. So that's all what we've got for upcoming events uh, for the month of January, which just started. So did you uh, find what you were looking for? Nope. The the stats I'm looking up, they wouldn't give me a single game uh, statistic, which is very weird. Well, you, uh, you can look it up all you want. I know I'm right on this one. So uh, we'll, well, I'll, we'll I'll talk just, more about it next I'll just week. believe you for okay. now. I'll let you do all that research. I'm, I'm tired. Okay. Well, that's all the time we've got for this week. If you learned some, something during today's podcast, then we've succeeded in our mission. You can visit our website at theworldoffootball.com for news, links, upcoming events, and more. Our email address is info at theworldoffootball.com. You can also like The World of Football on Facebook at TWOF Kalamazoo, where we post a lot of unique stories and pictures from all over the world of football. You can even follow us on Twitter. The address there is at TWOF Kalamazoo. New episodes of this podcast are posted every Tuesday and are available on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. So please subscribe, rate, review, and let us know what you think. Join us again next week when we'll review all the happenings in the world of football. Until then, I'm Randy Snow. And I'm Adam Snow. Happy New Year, everybody. Let's make it a great 2018. Play clock at three. Matthews got it back. Sets, looks, throws. He's got Golden Tate who makes the catch inside the 15, inside the 10, and he's biking away. He's into the end zone. Pack the bags. Start the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions.